welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on July 26th, 2015, on the basis of Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. One possession that you and I receive in exactly identical quantities is time. This week I got seven days. I got 168 hours. I got 10,080 minutes. I got 604,800 seconds. And so did you. And yet because in our fallen state we are so inherently self-involved, self-centered creatures, it's sort of natural for us to have the view that that other people have much more time than we do, that we have less time than they, and that our time is more important than theirs is. So, for example, when someone asks you for time, boy, it sure can be difficult, can it, to stop what you're doing, to give up your time and to give that time to them, to help them in whatever way that they need it. And yet when the tables are turned, when, when we need someone else's time, maybe it's for exactly the same thing, boy, it sure is easy to sort of assume that they're going to help, that anyone would see that whatever we have going on at the moment is obviously the most important thing going on in the world right now, and who wouldn't want to stop and help us out? Do you ever find yourself feeling that way, or is that just me? So here's my dilemma. Part of my work as a pastor is to encourage you to make time to hear God's Word here in church, in our Bible studies, with your families, in your homes, reading your Bibles, all of the above. And if you haven't heard me say that recently, then hear me saying it now. It is important to make time in your life to hear God's Word. But here's what I sometimes wonder. Is my view of that impacted by the fact that, well, that this is just sort of my thing? That it's my job after all, that this is what I'm really into, that this is what I spend most of my week doing. Is it no different than if the tables were turned? Let's say you were really into something, really, really into something kind of cool, like painting pictures of cats dressed up as human beings. And that were your thing. And what if you said to me, Pastor Bauer, every single week I want you to come over to my place and you're just going to sit there for at least an hour, better yet, even, even better yet, two, and I'm just going to tell you and I'm going to show you about all of the, the paintings of cats that I did throughout the week. Is that no different than when I say to you how important it is for you to come here and hear God's word? I'm sensitive about that. That's what I sometimes wonder. In fact, maybe you've wondered that too. Maybe you've felt the way that I would feel if you invited me over to your house to look at your cat paintings. I'd probably come, but mainly as a courtesy to you, and I'd probably be pretty good at finding excuses not to come, at least every, every now and then. Like I said, that's, that's sort of been a personal hang-up, a personal dilemma for the entire time that I have been a pastor. But then all of a sudden, this week... I was instantly and permanently cured of all of those reservations all at once. And it came simply from looking at the section of God's Word that's in front of us today. As we look at that section of God's Word together, it is my prayer 
that all of us, that you and I, would look at the encouragement to make time to hear God's word, which is, of course, God's encouragement, not just mine. That we would look at that encouragement as something completely unique, something totally different from every other demand that is made of our time. As we turn our attention to these verses, the gospel writer Luke introduces us for the very first time to this woman named Martha, someone who had acquaintance with Jesus, someone who may have been even a good friend of Jesus. And as we look at these verses, maybe it struck you that Martha sort of had a really cool, unique opportunity, something that doesn't happen all that often, maybe even sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. She got to welcome Jesus over to her house as her guest. And you can imagine that when, Mary, when Martha found out that Jesus was coming, she pulled out all the stops. She wanted everything to be perfect, from the condition of her house to the meals that she prepared to the, the sleeping arrangements that were made. Everything had to be just right. And so you can imagine how busy she was in the days leading up to Jesus' arrival and then even after Jesus was there. You can imagine why she was so upset when Mary, her sister, stopped working and left all of those preparations to her all by herself. I mean, Jesus was a guest in her house and she wanted nothing more than simply to serve Jesus. Again, our first inclination might be to think that this was sort of a unique opportunity, sort of a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience, something that you and I will never get to do. But I don't know if you were paying attention the Apostle Paul would strongly beg to differ. In those words from Colossians that I read earlier, Paul tells us that just as Jesus came and was a guest at Martha's house, so also Jesus has come and is a guest here in our hearts through faith. In fact, Paul tells us that the peace of Jesus not only lives in our hearts, but actually rules in our hearts. In other words, as you and I think about our relationship with God, and as we feel the tension that exists between us and our God, a tension that is there because we have a holy God who makes perfect demands out of us and we have fallen short of all of them, as we feel that tension, as we experience that animosity, Paul says there is only one thing that can make that go away, only one thing that can give us peace. And that's the work that our Savior Jesus did for us. His life, his death, his resurrection mean that the war with God is over once and for all. And because you and I know that, because that peace rules in our hearts, you and I really have a unique ability to serve Jesus in our everyday lives. Do you know the conditions that an activity of ours must meet in order for it to qualify as serving Jesus, in order for God to view that thing as as a good deed or a good work? Really, there are just two, and they are very simple. First of all, that activity must be in line with God's will. We obviously don't serve Jesus when we are doing sinful things. Secondly, that activity must be done out of a heart that is simply thankful 
for everything that God has done for us. In other words, it can't be done as a way to earn favor with God, as a way to get something back from God, or as a way to impress the people around us. So let's apply that simple definition to sort of an extreme example of something that that we all do each and every day. I'm guessing that at some point last night you caught a little sleep. Maybe you would say not quite enough. So let me ask, while you were sleeping, was that good for you? Was that a good thing, a beneficial thing for your health and for your body? Well, sure it was. And let me ask, when you were sleeping, were you trying to earn eternal life? Were you trying to work your way to heaven? Were you trying to impress other people around you? I'm guessing not, right? So even while you were sleeping, we can say you were serving Jesus. Now, if we can say that about sleeping, just think about what we can say that about. All of the activities that fill up our lives. We can certainly say that about the time that we spend being faithful employees at our place of work. We can say that about the time that we spend with our families, being good spouses, being good parents, being good children. We can spend that about the time we can say that about the time that we spend mowing our lawn, taking care of the property and the possessions that God has given to us. We can say that about the time that we spend taking care of ourselves, eating well, exercising. In fact, Paul says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus." So here are the implications of that. And what I'm about to say is something that you probably never thought you would hear a pastor ever say. From 9.30 to 10.30 on Sunday mornings, you can serve Jesus at home with your families, in bed, fast asleep, at breakfast with your spouse, or out on the golf course with your friends as well as you can serve Jesus here in church. Everything that we do that is in line with God's will and is done out of thanks for what he has done for us is serving Jesus. And all of that is because just as Jesus was a guest in Martha's house, so also Jesus is a guest in our hearts. And Jesus loves to be our guest. Jesus loves when we serve him in all that we do. So maybe Martha had a point. And maybe she was right when she got angry that her sister Mary had stopped serving Jesus in the way that she was. And yet you heard what happened, right? When Martha goes to Jesus, when Martha tells Jesus to tell Mary to get back to work, Jesus doesn't comply. Why not? Well, as a matter of fact, Jesus was responsible. He was the person responsible for the fact that Mary had stopped working in the first place. It's important to us as we think about this lesson that we don't picture Martha off in the kitchen doing all of this work and then Mary's taking an extra long time getting ready off in her room and she's doing her hair and doing her makeup and then she finally comes out and saunters right on past the kitchen and just plops herself down on the couch next to Jesus. No, we're given the very clear indication that Mary was just as busy as her sister Martha. She was just as concerned about serving Jesus as Martha was. But then, shortly after Jesus arrived, it became very clear 
that he did not want to sit there for the entire evening and be the one to be served. You see, when Jesus showed up at their house, like any good house guest would, Jesus brought a gift. Not a fancy bouquet of flowers, not an expensive bottle of wine, but shortly after Jesus arrived, he began to talk. He began to speak with these two women. And without knowing exactly what Jesus said, I think we can assume that Jesus would have said and talked about the things that he always did. Jesus spoke with these two women, these two sinful women, these two women who were so used to feeling guilty and frustrated by their failings in life, by their sins. And Jesus spoke to them about God's unconditional love. He spoke to them about God's unconditional pardon. He spoke to them about their certain hope of eternal life. In other words, just as Jesus has brought his peace into our hearts, Jesus brought that very same peace into the home of Mary and Martha. Jesus didn't come there to be served by them. Jesus came to serve them with his word. Jesus didn't come to be their guest. Jesus came to be their host. And that's why Mary just couldn't resist. That's why she was pulled, as if irresistibly, away from all of those chores that she was doing, over to where Jesus was, to just sit down and listen to what he had to say. And that's why Jesus said to Martha what he did. He said, Martha, you are concerned about all kinds of things, good things, wonderful things, but just one thing is needed. Many things are important, but just one thing is essential. And friends, it's on that basis that any encouragement for you to use your time to hear God's word must be made. I'll say again what I said before. From 9.30 to 10.30 on Sunday mornings, you can serve Jesus in your home, asleep in bed, at breakfast, out on the golf course, just as well as you can serve Jesus here. But you don't come here to serve Jesus. You come here for Jesus to serve you. Let me ask, from the time that you last walked out that door until the time you came in today, did you at all fail to live up to all that God expects you to do? Were you an inconsiderate spouse, an impatient parent, a disobedient child, a disgruntled or dishonest employee? Did you ignore need and suffering around you by convincing yourself that you just didn't have the time to help someone out? Did you fail to make time to hear God's word the way that he wants you to? If so, you're no different than Mary and Martha. You're no different than me or anyone else. You simply need the peace that only Jesus can bring. You need to hear words that even though I get to say them, Jesus tells us are actually his words. You need to hear, I forgive you all your sins. 
You need to hear in the reading of God's word everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus said for you and for your salvation. You need to be reminded of his death on the cross where he gave his own body and shed his own blood so that you could be in heaven with him. You need to come to the meal that he has prepared where that same body and blood are offered to you all wrapped up in bread and wine, his precious special gift just for you. See, friends, Jesus loves it when you serve him. And as you think about the seven days and the 168 hours and the 10,080 minutes that you get every week to do that, you know full well that you have more opportunities to serve Jesus than you can possibly take. You must pick and choose. There's not enough time to do it all. And for that very reason, it is vital that we view this one activity, hearing God's word, as something completely different, something totally unique compared to all the other demands on our time. Not just one more opportunity to serve Jesus, but an opportunity for Jesus to serve us. And as much as Jesus loves it when we serve him, we absolutely need Jesus to serve us. As much as Jesus loves to be our guest, Jesus needs to be our host. And when we view hearing the word of God, using our time to hear God's word in that light, I don't care how busy we get, I don't care how many things we have on our list, then just like Mary, irresistibly, we will be drawn to simply find time to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to what he has to say. May God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org. Thank you.